And we're live. We are live. Oh shit, I almost grabbed almost grabbed Rodman. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the first time. <laughs> reaching for it to rebound. <laughs> you know. Your head your head is placed perfectly actually. So you know. Yeah, it's I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> Welcome to a very special Zoom edition of the Wise Men Wrestling Podcast. Starring in my left-hand corner, Gerard, live at Randolph and Wabash, socially distancing himself. Yeah, yeah. I'm using the picture. To, I'm using the picture that I actually took. <laughs> oh, that's cool. No, that's actually a live shot. That's how it's right now. <laughs> like right now. Nobody on the platform right now. That's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wait, does that train platform even exist anymore? Yeah. This one does, yeah. Okay, that, that one works. is different, though. The Randolph and Wabash, I thought it had the huge covering now because they had the, the stupid little architect. Yeah. One yeah, of them they did too much on. Trust me, for my profession, it's absolutely horrible. So if it doesn't happen directly in a specific area, it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Good job. Um, you probably should edit that out. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Good. Good. In the house. Def, I'm definitely not gonna. I'm, we were in the house, but I'm definitely not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I've been cooking like crazy with like no exercise. <laughs> See the beard's coming in nice. Oh yeah, the quarantine beard. <laughs> Like we should have all wore face masks so we could see how funny it looks on all y'all with these fucking beards. Man. Oh, say less. Oh, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Safety first, right? It's no, yours isn't as funny as Rod's. Rod's look like yeah. somebody threw a napkin on his face. <laughs> you know what? It's, it's, it's gotten to the point where I actually have to, like, bobby pin the bottom of my beard so I have a chin to put the mask on. It's no, ridiculous. Yeah. So what I did was I made the back tight. And then I curled this up like it's a face shield. So it, hurt <laughs> it gets suffocating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, it's just the new normal. It's cool. Yeah, you definitely got to move around. Me and um, me and a missus ran errands and did some walks yesterday. And 10,000 steps later, we were about to pass out. Man, I was just like, this is not cool. <laughs> This is not how my Sunday's supposed to be going. Yeah, that's, that's, that's uh, yeah. <laughs> so, that was a wake-up call. My kitchen, <laughs> recording. <laughs> no exercise, no work. <laughs> uh, that's good stuff. But, yeah, no, uh, here we are uh, in the middle of a global pandemic, which is nuts. Everything's shut down. My corner store hot dog spot, so I was very pissed. So we had to settle for the... The struggle meal, the five dollars little Caesars joint. <laughs> <laughs> you would think that you know, so during this time, this would be a great time for creators to be pumping out content like crazy. And you're seeing a lot of TikTok activity picking up and everything like that. But we all happen to be essential, unfortunately. Yeah. So we don't. We we actually get to work more. Yeah. <laughs> but Gerard just got back yeah. from his East Coast adventure. Yeah, the longest two weeks ever. That was two weeks. <laughs> no, that it was felt supposed long, to be like, it felt way weeks. longer than that. I'm sorry. It, it was it was supposed to be two weeks. It got turned into five weeks. Yeah, okay. at this point, you're you're an East Coast resident. <laughs> Chicago. But but how are those um, what you got Marriott 
Who are you, a Marriott or Hilton guy? No, Hilton. No, Hilton points is Hilton. That's what I love Hilton points. Um, that we actually did. That's what, that, you can get a nice day for you and the missus. <laughs> well, that's, that's exactly what we did on um, Monday through Wednesday. Um, since our we missed our wedding anniversary because I wasn't quite back in town yet. Mm-hmm. So we celebrated that on Monday through Wednesday. We booked the room out at um, Hoffman Estates. Nice. Nice little suite with a tub and everything. So, you know. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought we made a pact. We were never going to Hoffman Estates again. Well, you don't, yeah, to support the, the race. I'm, I'm just I'm giving them shit. I'm giving them shit. I know that's like the only hotel open right now. Yeah. <laughs> Legit. Believe me, I got friends. Yeah. You booked it online. It's Hilton, so there's no contact. Otherwise, no, they reached out to him. They're like, dude, please come. Please. 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 <laughs> they was like, please give me family. double, triple points. <laughs> right. Well, they should be, that should be the incentive. That's what we did with, uh, with Actually, I think that's what happened. I I think I spent like maybe sixty thousand for like three three nights. Damn. And I hit, good. and then I hit like some sort of milestone, so they gave me a hundred another hundred thousand back. So I'm like, okay. Well, that's what a lot of the hotels were doing in nine eleven. I mean, when we first got to HRC, they were getting yeah. points left and right to try to kind of like their own economic stimulus to get people to stay at the hotels. All right. That shit took forever to get back to the normal. <laughs> Well, here we go again. The only thing, oh, we're not the only essential employees. <laughs> <laughs> so let me, let, let, let me introduce what we're going to do. This is probably going to be the intro to what we're doing here. Um, we missed about six weeks of recording um, through all of this. And, you know, there's a lot of things that we would like to get back to in conjunction with a lot of things that are pretty much just not happening right now. <laughs> so this is going to be the beginning of like maybe five or six mini episodes that we're going to do here for you to kind of just get caught up on what's been happening you know in the wrestling world since COVID kind of took over been a lot of crazy things um so with part one we're going to talk about uh empty arena shows um culminating with uh Wrestlemania mm-hmm. so it was WrestleMania without the pirate ship. <laughs> without a lot of shit. It should have been. It should have been a fucking clue when they announced that it was in Tampa with that bullshit ass fucking pirate ship that this was going to be a fucking disaster, <laughs> one way or another. Yeah, I, you know, I wasn't excited about it. I don't think it was like a really big time destination for WrestleMania. Um, but I kind of felt that it was some sort of political relationships with the McMahons. They got them over, and and why they why they chose this location, and we we would see a lot of that play out, you know, same with this whole COVID situation, that kind of got exposed to me, if it wasn't you know evident to anybody else, <laughs> but yeah, I figure out that's where it started with, like it had to be that, because why uh, why else would anybody want to go to Tampa in April? <laughs> I I think we were, if I can remember correctly, we were more excited about what was going to happen around WrestleMania. As as usual, because yeah. Um, um, yeah, the different shows they're about to happen. You know the the Arena Honor Supercard um, was taking shape, and you know Marty Scroll was you know taking hold of ROH, and that was exciting. I don't think I definitely don't remember us being excited at all about the WrestleMania card at all. No, we, no, we weren't. Um, we knew that it wasn't really going to go in the direction that we wanted wanted anything to really go. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, it just like location wise, it just wasn't wasn't appealing. But you know, definitely the rest of the industry took it as serious as they needed to take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So, with that being said, um, how did you guys enjoy WrestleMania? And I guess the build to the WrestleMania in terms of the, the adjustments that they have to make. Uh, the build wasn't that great, but I really, I mean, outside of a couple of matches, I kind of enjoyed it. I mean, they really, really went full steam ahead. Bullshit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, they they went they went at it and it was it was entertaining. I mean, I mean it was literally maybe a couple of matches. We're going to run into that. I do like the formula with the two nights. I think that would be fantastic if you sprinkle in. It's going to take away from uh, any future takeovers unless they do it on a Friday night. But I mean, I I, I enjoyed it. we enjoyed it. My wife and I watched it. Yeah, we needed a little escape from everything, but I I liked it. I had a good time. I think that's the the two big takeaways I got from it was it did serve as a necessary escape because it yeah. did fall into that period of time where like no one had started doing the at home creating yet, you know, like the SNLs and all these other little things that have happened since then. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like nine eleven, in a sense, WWE was kind of the first to kind of bring us something that wasn't and this was definitely still during a time where they weren't publicly um even talking about the coronavirus so it's literally like you know separation from it all um but the lack of nxt presence was glaring to me personally i just over two nights i felt like you could have done something with the nxt stars especially if you're in orlando where all of them are sitting around i would have i would i would tend to disagree just because uh, a lot of the stars that they need need to be on live shows. So especially if they kind of, it's the McMahon. So, you know, they would have had some inside information that this stay at home crap was going to end up happening, you know, legit very quickly right after this. So it's just maybe space out some of the talent. You already had a couple of people be on there already. Uh, I mean, it's what we're seeing now. A lot of these guys that we're not seeing regularly on TV, but a lot of other people are getting, they're saying now it's like now they took your thought process for their live shows now rather than during their mm-hmm. show of shows. Yeah. We do know that that all of this, the bill two weeks before, two weeks after, and then WrestleMania itself, along with all the NXT takeover footage was pre-taped right. uh, over the course of like maybe six days yeah. um, because they didn't know exactly when that stay at home order was going to kick in. And they seem to have finished all of their taping right before Florida tried to. Um, put that in. Um, so yeah, it was just it, it it became just a matter of deciding where to place everything that they pre-taped. Yeah. Um, so you know, you would think that maybe they could have because they didn't do a takeover. They just kind of included all that takeover footage as part of a regular episode of NXT. Right. Um, which I don't know if you could have included that in WrestleMania or still giving them the takeover, but it was. To me, it was definitely a mistake because, um, once again, we're still looking at, you know, trying to, you know, say gain some uh, gain some ground, I guess, in, in ratings. Like, saving that takeover footage for Wednesday nights definitely didn't work out in their favor yep. um, for that. So, I definitely de- thought that was a mistake. Um, 
Um, but yeah, but uh, they did do, you know, so what they were able to come up with because they had to uh, kind of pre-tape things, you know, so I was, I was pretty pleased with, especially with the, uh, the cinematic type matches. I mean, yeah, I mean. That they did, and we got three of them. We got the we got the boneyard. We got the Braves Firefly uh, one match, right? Yeah. Yeah, I thought both of them <laughs> for what they were. It was, it was pretty damn cool. I mean, I'd rather see the Undertaker in a cinematic match than in a match in Saudi Arabia where he can barely lift somebody size. I agree. I, I agree, mean, and, and I really you can cut it. You can still do some of the moves that he's trying to do, but at least you don't. It's not taxing on him. And you still get to dip into that nostalgia bag that everybody yeah. falls in love with. And it was the one thing that I spoke about in in that in that lost episode that we can't upload because of the quality. But um, you know the the kind of benefit of doing these cinematics and even just pre taping things is that you can cut and redo things. <laughs> you know, so you can cut down on botches and you know actually try to put out the product that you intend on putting out because you're taking your time to pre-tape it versus trying to do everything in front of a live audience. So, yeah. um, you know, and I think they fully took advantage, with, especially with those cinematic ones, they fully took advantage of that. Um, we, were on, uh, that. we were we were hoping. It's like, oh, yeah. man, how the hell are they going to do this live? They actually filmed it and did a phenomenal job. We know that it wasn't the quality of any of the first million movies, the first six of them. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean – Yo, you've got a production company and sitting in the back doing nothing. This was the perfect thing for them to do, and hey, it was cool. I did. You got you got a Jeremy Borash that's sitting in the back, you know, saying waiting to finally sink his teeth into something since you took Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy left the company, and essentially, you know, what he was able to do with with Jeremy in terms of those um those final deletions, you know, set the compound like that was a Jeremy Borash product as well. So you you had an opportunity to kind of dip right into his bag and 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 let him kind of show the company what he does they could bring to the table if that's what they want to do. Um, I was looking at the Undertaker match and it it brought me back to like the 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 Buffy the Vampire slash Angel days. <laughs> yeah, kind of like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre feel movies. Yeah. You know, 80 B movie horror movies, but it was it was dope. It wasn't over the top. It didn't have right. like crazy special effects. You knew that I mean it it ended itself to his character. Like this dark specter where mm-hmm. he just appeared out of nowhere, or rather than you just turn off the arena lights and you can see movement, you know, because you're not fucking blind. I mean, it's worked really well. I mean, I look, I looked at it like this. They have, um, you know, saying that the the movie company, you know, saying mm-hmm. that that they that they do, and it's like, you know, they put this to get they put this together at the last minute. Obviously, this wasn't the original plan for the match. But, you know, so what they were able to put together at the last minute, you know, saying is TV worthy. Now, for a company who likes to kind of pride themselves on, like, you we were, like, the longest running episodic television show ever. Like, there's nothing there's nothing that they do on this show that's worthy of, like, an uh, 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 Emmy or anything like that. But if they was actually to take their time to do something like this, now we're talking about making good television. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, this, this, this reminds me of or something that's right out of Josh Whedon's bag. And then when we look at Bray Wyatt, you mean you you're telling me you wouldn't watch American Horror Stories Fire Fire Fun House? Like, I'm down for it. You know what I mean? Like, cause that's the feel that I got from it. And I I, I watched that match probably I watched that match probably like maybe five or six times. And it, and it was it had so many layers to it. Oh my God. And it was just fantastic. It was kind of 
the whole thing I thought of is like, wow, you're really exposing this hypocritic uh, whole thing with John Cena. Like, you know, he's all this, you know, respect and hustle. And all of a sudden you're going through all this stuff. It's like, this is pretty fucking dope. And this is really, really fucking good stuff. I was happy. I, like I said, I was happy with it. I'm, like I said, outside of maybe, it's, you're going to get those couple of matches, like we said, where it's the time where we start falling asleep about like seven, eight o'clock because we've already been watching for 12 hours straight. Right. It, it, there was those couple of matches like, Ech, you know, it's cool, whatever. But man, it's like for the majority of it, both nights, I was like, all right, all right. Maybe we don't need a crowd for, for this. And, you know, next year is going to be interesting. California keeps ignoring everything anyway, so it's, might as well just do it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, another milestone on WrestleMania in, in terms of, I guess, what they had to do at the last minute and also have it in on two nights, six women matches. Yeah. Six of them. Every women's title was defended at WrestleMania, including the women's um, NXT title for the first time ever. Um, yeah, and most of the matches outside of the Bailey match uh, for the SmackDown title was one-on-one. <laughs> yeah. No, no multi-women matches. You just have two women going out there and showing, showing, you know, showing them what they can do inside of the ring. Um, that was, like, one of my biggest fears of – going into WrestleMania is is the women not really having being underwhelming. Like we're gonna, you know, make history because we're gonna have the NXT title there, but you know, at the same time just kind of being underwhelming. Right. Um I would say that the Becky versus Shayna Baszler match is probably the only underwhelming women's match on that card. Yeah, I mean you had no choice. As you had to pivot on what you what could have been a WrestleMania moment for Shayna because there was no crowd. So why drop why, why have your hottest, unquestionably hottest star in your company lose the title in front of nobody and then, you know, then you're going back and forth on it. I, you're playing a long game with it until you can get a live crowd again and then maybe Shayna the, the respect or whatever she deserves. But at this point, it's like, it made no sense for her to drop it. But I did enjoy her getting swung, like the, the Hulk swinging uh, Loki in the first Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just I felt like you built like Shayna up for nothing. And 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 they I could see if they've followed it up to this point with, you know, making continuously booking her strong, but they've done little to nothing yeah. since Mania. Something changed between um Elimination Chamber and WrestleMania where I'm going to assume the person is Vince was like, nah, <laughs> this is not mm -hmm. what we're going to do. Um, because everything, I mean, and maybe Vince just didn't want, you know, certain matches to be predictable. Or again, you know, as we've talked about before, Becky being too over to be beaten for the title. Um, especially in lieu of, if you look in at hindsight, losing both Roman and Brock after Rose, you know, after that weekend, um, you have to keep, you know, a big star, yeah. you know, on the table. And she, from a raw standpoint, is it, you know, Drew is new. But, I mean, there was some disappointment there for me because it's like I, I kind of have Becky fatigue at this point mm -hmm. as it relates to her being the champion. Um, and especially because her, in the later months, her reign has become kind of stagnant. But yeah, I, I think it, it felt very last minute, and that's it. See, the match affected that way. 
especially the finish. It was, yeah. The finish, the finish is what did it for me. Like, yeah. it just came out of nowhere, and you're like, uh, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's yeah. the general WWE universe's reaction. Like, I mean, yeah, to me, it's like a monster who beats up everybody who goes goes as far as bites somebody on the back of the neck. It's just yeah, not gonna. It's just not gonna sit there and accept that. In the elimination yeah. to get to this fucking match, you're not gonna sit there and accept that. Like at least beat yeah. the hell out of her after the match. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're gonna tell me you're gonna tell me that this fiery ginger is this woman's kryptonite? Like, stop. I I and I'm tired of WWE winning doubt when they need a finish. Roll up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Winning doubt. Roll up. Roll up. <laughs> and th- that and that's that's the one thing that I feared the most because now Becky has two in a row. Two weak as roll up finishes in a row WrestleMania. on WrestleMania for yeah. the title. Yeah, yeah. Oh. But you know, I mean, they did some good teases, especially with the women, the the Sasha tease. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it was it, that was that was. I, on point. I, I, I like that match a lot more than I thought I was going to. I really thought I wasn't going to like that match. I thought it was going to be like the. Mm-hmm. But I actually was into that match. <laughs> they did a lot of things in it that I liked. Yeah, the push, the push out of nowhere for Tamina, which was fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about time she gets some shine. She's been around for a while, and mm-hmm. like hey, I mean, we've seen it, like with the stars that have been there for X amount of years now. It's Kofi last year, uh, Drew for how many years he's been gone, and now he's finally coming back. It's like, okay, cool, you're finally giving somebody else outside of somebody that mm-hmm. Carmella or you know, the Charlottes or whatever the case may be on the men's side, but just. Cool. I like to see this. You know, it's it was a good match. It was really fun. Yeah, I liked it. It was, it was better than the last one that we saw. So. For sure. And I, and I and I have to give my flowers to um, um, Charlotte and um, Rhea Ripley. Uh, Rhea Ripley. Um, they they scored up. Yeah, that was that was a really good match. So my concerns going into this was Charlotte does Charlotte has his legacy of having to have to be in a ring with somebody better than her in order for us to classify her having as having a classic match. Anytime you put her in a ring with somebody who has less experience, those matches don't turn out that well. And, and she turned she shut me up. She shut me up in that match. I, I appreciate it. Um what they did out there. Yeah. They tore it up, yeah. They took really tore it up. And congratulations to both of them. They put on like I said, it's hard enough to put on a show in front of twenty, thirty thousand people on a nightly basis. Or you would have had 60, 70 at Tampa Bay where you go to six people in the crowd because they're working there. It's like... But you know what, though? Mm-hmm. Everybody, every indie darling on WrestleMania and every indie darling that's been working these independent, um, these empty matches arena, empty mm-hmm. arena shows, they, those are the ones that have been shining the most, if you notice. Yeah. <laughs> the guys who was used to... I'm used to it. In front, Performing in front of nobody, taking um, them back to their roots, the, where you know where the hunger was still alive and present after they didn't uh, before they signed this nice little check to stay at home. And I'm looking. I'm looking at the the the, 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 the two kings in that aspect being Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, like <laughs> masterclass in in empty arena matches. And, and we hope, uh, speaking of Kevin Owens, we hope that he does recover from his latest injury. He, we haven't seen him wrestle since. Uh, WrestleMania since he was injured in the match with uh, Seth Rollins. I think it's an ankle injury, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he hurt himself on the dive. Yeah, I mean, that was a hell of a dive. <laughs> you had <laughs> to do something with the sign. <laughs> <laughs> the shit wasn't good. They said, and they said the original 
the original idea was them fighting their way up to the pirate ship and he was going to do that dive off the pirate ship. I'm like, that's a lot of fucking trust to fall from that. That's, I mean, it's got to be small, some, somebody has to take the reins from Shane McMahon. You know, Shane McMahon, we didn't get Shane this year in WrestleMania. He was definitely going to jump off of something. So jumping, yeah. <laughs> Somebody got to jump off something. Somebody got to jump off something. Yeah. Like I said, it was, it was cool. I had no problem with the show. You know, of course, we're going to have our – like I said, I mean, it, I've probably repeated myself like three or four times, but outside of – like, I mean, even the Alistair Black match was fucking dope. Yeah, that, that was that was awesome match, too. It's like you're showcasing – I don't know if it's whether it's because of the pandemic or it's like you finally woke up, but you're showcasing these young stars, especially recently. These, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is – Well, there's definitely opportunities been in yeah. taking place of it. Don't think that – it isn't a it isn't a two reason, you know, say a, a double edged sword of reason why some yeah. of these some stars are sitting out. We know, <laughs> and, but it's it's good that we actually see outside of the same matches over and over again. Hey, here's some new blood, and it's like, all right, cool, I, I respect it, respect it. But overall, I mean, I mean, uh, let's let's let's, let's talk let's, let's talk about the weak one. Okay, let's talk about the one that kind of, in my opinion, kind of stunk up the whole place. Um. Edge versus Randy Orton. That was way too fucking long. Mm-hmm. I think I think the length killed it. I don't think the match killed it. It's like one of those one of those things that could have if it would have ended ten to fifteen minutes, you know, mm-hmm. earlier, we would have a different thought process on it. Absolutely, absolutely. It was just too long. Yeah. Draw, draw. I mean, you can sit there and try to justify all these years of history. So that means we get an extra 10 minutes for every year that he hasn't wrestled. I mean, it did, as like, this is a guy who's coming back from a major surgery and you're knocking him. You're cleaning his clock all across the, the process. <laughs> as, as perspective, the Edge and Orton match was longer than the Funhouse and Barnyard match combined. Well, so it's it's the second <laughs> it's the second hour of Raw. <laughs> right. It was clocked. The match was clocked at thirty six minutes. That's that's what killed me. I think that's what ruined the rest of the night for me. It's like I wasn't. I was like at this point, I just want to get through it. But it yeah, was- I, yeah. I kept. I, I I had many bathroom breaks during that period of time. I was like, oh, it's still going. Okay. You know, it's like a video game, like with everybody that's watching now, like Final Fantasy VII. And there's that part of the map that's not highlighted. They highlighted every fucking part of the map, including the hidden parts. Yeah. <laughs> the entire map of Full Sailor University was explored that night, including the, the back. It's just, it's too long. I mean, it was, it was cool. You gave him Edge the, you know, you gave it, because you knew it was going to happen. The Edge was going to get the win. Yeah. And mind I, you, I appreciate that Edge, you know, say came back and was able to put on this this type of match, this lengthy type of match, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? After everything that he's been through, I mean, he's he's definitely still got it. (laughs) Um, And, you know, yeah, I mean, I I don't think there was too much for him to prove in this match, though, that that it had to go this long. I mean, when you hear Ash tell the story, when he did interviews kind of in response to, you know, the negative comments of the match, it's kind of like, you know, he wanted to kind of do all these things. I feel, feel like... Yo, you signed a three-year contract. You got time to do all these things. You know, you didn't have to cram it all in one match. So my thought process is Randy Orton taking over for Triple H for the long-ass matches at WrestleMania. Yeah. 
<laughs> he just said, like, this fills the Triple H spot. And I think it hurt the most because it was on the second night. Mm-hmm. So you'd already watched the, you know, a night and a half of action before this came up. Mm-hmm. And it was just, oh. And you didn't really have much. I mean, I'll, I'll speak for myself. I didn't really have much that I was looking forward to after that match besides the Funhouse match. Yeah, you know, yeah. I know the the Bailey match we had, I will say for myself, lower expectations that it exceeded. Um, and then the Drew, you know, the Drew match and everything like that. It was just, you know, we knew what we were getting for there. Right. Yeah, so it was exhausting. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. It's definitely our uh, – what match was it last year for us? Was it Shane and uh, Roman last year when you came back? I think so, yeah. Oh, no, no, Shane and Roman was our Royal Rumble. Yeah. That was the one that just took forever because they went to every part of the, the ballpark. I mean, it's – Every every pay per view has that long ass match that we just want to like. Really? It's a bathroom break match. Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, what would you say? Uh, which night did you prefer more, the first or the second night? If I had to give it to a night, probably the first night. Hands down. Yeah. It yeah. Had the, it had the most in moments. It's like it's second. The second night had. You kind of knew by the matches that were scheduled for that second night mm-hmm. which way they were going to pivot when it came to the outcome of the matches. So it wasn't as enjoyable for me. But I kind of figured I was like, eh, okay. First night was pretty good. It had so much buzz that first. I night. mean, I mean, the great part about it though is that the two nights combined, I would say about seventy-five or eighty percent of it was really good. So it wasn't like a situation where it could have just been one night. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, there was definitely, you know what I'm saying, things on both of those nights. Can you imagine? There was enough the, of it, yeah. Can you imagine the revenue that must be going, you know, all the numbers going through their heads? Like, man, we could sell this going forward as a two-night event. Yeah, and I think that's the plan going forward. They're, they're entertaining the thought of doing two-night WrestleMania going can, forward. They can upcharge to fucking two, two-night plan, and you could just you right. could just an insane package deal. In, in my in my opinion, that that, that business plan, um, just based off of WrestleMania alone, could work for like three years, no problem. Before they actually have to worry about making both, yeah, making those both both of those nights interesting. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I would say is, um, I definitely want them to continue to do the cinematic matches. So I would wonder how that would play out, you know, sitting in front of a crowd of you know sixty to hundred thousand. So um, let's, let's. I think we're definitely gonna have that in some way, shape, or form, just from a, I think we're going to struggle to get to a point even within, I would say the, I would eight months that we have up until that point, eight to 10, to fill a hundred, you know, hundred thousand rainy stadium. I know we're supposed to be at SoFi next year. And if it is spread over two nights, I, I just envision some form of social distancing still being in place by then. And yeah, even even Vince Man said it himself when we're gonna discuss that in the next episode about how the live event the live event business has essentially changed forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um just to go back real quick, you guys asked about the last WrestleMania. We should have known it. The longest match of that last WrestleMania was Triple H versus Batista at 34 minutes. 
It's like nobody wanted to sit there and watch it pay off at 32 minutes when he gets his nose ring ripped off with a, a pair of pliers. Thinking yeah. about that now, it's like, were those pliers sanitized? What's that proper social distancing? <laughs> Will we ever go back to dapping each other up when we see each other? Probably not. You're going to get yeah. <laughs> How's it going to change tag team wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> now, okay. it's, now it's just a nod. <laughs> <laughs> What is, gotta, what is that? Um, like you're too far away to tag. Uh, is, is that New Japan rules where you just have to be out of the ring for the next person to come in? No, that's um, those fools from Freelance. Um, those fools from Freelance. <laughs> Darren Corbin and them. Okay. <laughs> you just have to be out. Oh, home, what is that? Home, be, yeah, home, home field advantage? Yeah, like home, that. yeah, it's that home field rules. Okay. Yeah, maybe we need to go to something like that, you know, to go forward with that. Shout out to Freelance. Shout out to Freelance. Shout out to AAW Pro, all the indie wrestlers that are being affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. And support support all of the parents and only fans. What did you say? (laughs) You broke up real quick. Support support all of their OnlyFans and all of their Patreons. I like in the next room. I'm not trying to bring up the fact that I sent them. <laughs> uh, and for the, uh, which I'm sure we'll touch base on the recent releases, make sure you go to Pro Wrestling Tees and you know, order some t-shirts to keep these guys close. Salute to everyone. For sure. For sure. <laughs>